Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Fellas, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn 100 bucks into 600 There's so much to bet on college basketball and football, NBA, NHL, custom props, even eSports if you want, you name it. MyBookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I trust them. MyBookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week, and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code ZABE and get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the ZABEcast, sometimes when your NFL team really stinks, you're even more mad the day after. Well, that's me. So if you don't care at all about the Redskins, you're free to leave. But if you want a humorous history of all the screwed up ways the Redskins have parted with their coaches, well, this is the podcast for you. Your essential Sports Talk Day starter is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Tuesday, December 11, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Before we get to Uncle Andy Poland and further pummeling of my football team, which, again, I understand, you're free to skip today entirely. I will not be like Bill Belichick and lecture you with no days off. But I am always personally fascinated by so-called deep dives on other people's teams and hearing about the history of what really went on when certain guys came and went. Even if it's a team I don't care about. If I get two guys that are passionate and knowledgeable, I will listen. So if that's you, I think you might enjoy Andy and I as we chronicle all the different ways it unraveled for head coaches in the Dan Snyder era. couple of emails real quick, and this one will stun you. I got an email from somebody who is leaving Arizona because it's too damn hot. Uh, my man Ken B writes to say, all right, Zabe, I live in Phoenix right now and I have for over a year. I lived in DC from 98 to 2013. So maybe I can help you. Let me give you a, you are looking live as to what it is to live here. If you like your nuts roasted at 120, Phoenix is the place for you. Seriously, we are still hitting 100 on September 29th most years. Most of the summer, from late April to, till early or mid-September, it was over 110. Late May to the end of August, over 115. Nighttime lows of about 81. So people don't go outside a lot from May until September. This makes the town very lonely in a way. It's in the West, it's the West Valley lots in the West Valley lots of subdivisions with 8-foot walls which then traps the ground level ozone there's no breeze and any dust that is blown up by leaf blowers stays for days. Also you will need humidifiers, sunblock and hand cream like there is no tomorrow. Your skin will dry out and crack, water, bah, 
Most people don't think about it. Right now it's okay, but there is a looming problem out here on the horizon. About a half mile away from me is a big Intel chip plant. And you might be thinking, so what? Well, it employs over three people right now. Intel, though, is planning on hiring 3,000 more over the next three years. i got to believe it employs more than three people. That might be a typo. Phoenix and ASU have put a lot of time and money into make the East Valley a major tech hub, and it's working. Lots of major outposts of Silicon Valley companies now are in the East Valley and expanding. So we are starting to see some very liberal San Fran stuff starting to show up. That is the politics and the rent and the home cost. Also, there's lots of open space owned by the tribes, and they're not selling. So you get start to get a build-out problem. The West Valley is not as nice, but it is more open. Also, the major sports stuff is either downtown or in the West Valley. Sports teams here suck. Any of the decent golfing is in Scottsdale. That's the old money section of Phoenix. I enjoy your show a lot. I figured I would at least give you a thumbnail review from living here. I'm happy to answer any questions. Cheers, Ken B. My only question was, so are you leaving then? And he said, yeah. And by the way, he said he moved there uh, because his wife has asthma. Uh, She had lived in Phoenix from 2005 to 2010, had no problems then, uh, but now she's kind of having problems. uh, He said they're in Chandler, which is, you know, nice but quiet. Um, But he says basically uh, that the heat out in in the desert, the way it rages on or drags on, it gives people heat rage where people just go off for no reason. My wife is convinced it's hotter here now than it was before. I've spoken to others who have lived here 10 or 15 years. They say the same thing. It's a lot hotter, stays a lot longer than it used to be. Here's my free suggestion. If you can plan a trip out here in the second week of July for a week, the heat is locked in. Then you can see if you would want to deal with that for months on end. It will dry out your lungs and everything else. There is little rain and the odd dust storm and no snow. Anyway, if you like it, that's all that's important. I would just test run it for a week or two. He said he's moving to Florida. He said, I've, because I said, well, yeah, but them golf courses, though, in Phoenix. And uh, he said, yeah, I'm moving to Florida. I've been told there are golf courses there as well. Wink, wink. Well, we could do a Florida versus Arizona debate. Florida, Arizona. Both are warm, both have golf. Florida, I think, has the better tax situation. Arizona doesn't get as many bugs and critters. Arizona has more beautiful mountains. Florida is flat. The people in Arizona are probably a slight plus. Florida, man, is real. Anyway, I'll I'll cut it off right there. If you would like to engage in a Florida versus Arizona, tale of the tape, send it my way. Zabe at yahoo.com. But there, I felt like in the sake of fairness, I needed to include one guy who's leaving Arizona of his own free will. Enough of that. Let's get to the Redskins, who are a complete dumpster fire. And I called up my longtime former radio partner and Redskins confidant, Andy Polin, to just start in with the bitching. Hello. What a fucking disaster that was. 
I still can't get over it. You being the historian of all things Redskins, and maybe you don't know this off the top of your head, how many times have we been down 40 to nothing or worse in our own building? Well, it was the largest halftime deficit that they'd ever had. Uh, And I guess you might have to go back to the 1940 championship game where they lost 73 to nothing. Um, and to I the think, Giants? No, it was to the Bears. Yeah, that's right. Um, I know they lost a 41-7 to game during Richie's year, 93. I don't know whether it was 41 nothing or not. I think it wasn't. So 40 to nothing in the modern era might be it. I mean that's 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 hard to do. do I mean, really. Yeah, exactly. Like I was I was thinking to myself, do you know like I'd love to know the number. Do you know how few times an NFL team is tra- is getting shut out 40 to nothing in any circumstance, home or away? No, it it just doesn't happen. It's I mean, a, it's it just... doesn't happen. It's a one-hand statistic. And here our Redskins were getting destroyed at home. You know what else I was thinking? If if there was a coach like Buddy Ryan going against him, somebody who was mean and merciless. Oh yeah, it could have it could have tickled seventy three to nothing. I mean, it, it's hard to get to, but you know, at forty to nothing, they were having their way. And you know, one of the things that's really been amazing to me in the last you know twelve hours or whatever it's been since the game. Is is hearing people say how good Josh Johnson looked? Oh God! He was playing against a team that had won, and the only goal of that defense was to make the Redskins eat clock. They didn't care whether he scored four touchdowns. Right? It just it, it was it was just, and so to think that that there's some kind of spark that he's going to give them. Now I know they're playing a team in Jacksonville that's packed it in already, but uh, who cares? That Jacksonville shut out the Colts, who just went into yeah. Houston and beat them. I mean, yeah. this is so. this is the other point of what the Redskins laid out there on the field. They laid out there a non-effort, and almost yeah. every team in the league puts out effort week to week. Sometimes they don't have it, but they put out effort. This was a fucking laydown. These assholes showed their asses to us, and they stink. And to see Josh Norman and to see DJ Swearinger, the two guys mouthing off after they got lucky against Tampa about the fans don't support us. We don't feel good at home. Fuck off, the two of you. I can't wait for them to be off the team next year. Oh, me too. And and how about this? During the week, and I still think Gruden talks too much, but he volunteered that players were grumbling after practice on Thursday about being in pads and being out on the field too long. And then he has the chutzpah to say after the game that the effort that they showed on the field yesterday didn't represent what they showed in practice. Right. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, well, maybe he's saying I'm doing my job Monday through Saturday, and these assholes are not doing their job when it comes time to actually play. And well, maybe, maybe he's making the- maybe maybe he's trying to send out little signals that hey I'm doing everything I can with these fuckers, but they're they're being piss ass. I don't want to work, guys. 
Well, maybe that's what the disconnect uh, that Libero asked him about made him so crazy. Yeah, that he there didn't, is didn't a like disconnect. that. <laughs> Lovey, no. Lovey got him agitated. I love that about old Lovey. Well, here's <laughs> the, five years. Here's the thing. Off, but he did it. Here's the thing. Despite this defense now giving up on average 458 yards or something a week now in the last six mm-hmm. weeks, nobody's been sent down. Nobody's been yeah. cut. And after this debacle, nobody got fired on Monday. Nobody. Somebody has to walk the fucking plank. This is the snooze that is going on at Redskin Park where they're either delusional and they think their shit still doesn't stink or they know they've got no good options. I'm not sure which one it is. I don't know either. And if are you going to fire another defensive coordinator? Are you going to allow Jay to hire his fourth coordinator next year? <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I don't what, see what, it. What, yeah, I mean, it's other than a clean sweep. What happens next year? I mean, it, it's entirely possible that everybody comes back intact. I, we're going to be. Know, I don't think so. We're going to be hanging on medical reports all yeah. off season. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the short-term future of this franchise rides on the leg of Alex Smith. No question about it. When, because yeah. because the, the cap hit for the next two years with him not playing is, is crippling. It, it's, it's worse than the $36 million cap hit they took on the Hainsworth or the penalty they took on, on shoving yeah. Hainsworth contract into 2010. And as I point out, it's not just the money. It's the fact that Wait for it. We need to go find another quarterback. It's the hardest thing to do in the NFL. Where are we going to go to get our guy? Because they thought this was their guy to prop open about a three-year window through which they could fire, uh, if not a championship, because I I just laugh when I talk about win a championship (laughs) in three years. I mean, who the fuck are we to say win a championship (laughs) in three years? But they thought, well, we'll prop the window open with Alex for three years, and maybe we'll do something interesting in those three years. Well, the window snapped. The the window glass is shattered. That plan is out the window. So so really, and this was something that Tarek El-Bashir brought up with me today on the show, Andy. He said, what mode will the Redskins be in next year? Do you ever oh, think about that? I think the, the mode that they'll be in, and, and look, they they sold us or tried to sell us Beck and Grossman and said this will be good. So why wouldn't they try and say, you know, whoever it is? Maybe it's Colt McCoy again, even though we know he's not going to make it to week four. Has, the, know, has this team under Snyder ever sold us a knowingly tanked season? No, no. No, the last time I think this organization sold a tank season was 1994 when they hired North. When they realized the Super Bowl glory was over, uh, Richie Pettibone got fired, most of the guys from those championship teams were gone, and it was going to be a build with North Turner, who had been a part of that with the Dallas Cowboys, and they were going to, on the back of Heath Schuler, somehow. <laughs> become a championship team yeah so so so, yeah, so you think it. their mode next year is going to be alex is coming back relax we're gonna yeah. be all right and we're not gonna be as injured as we were last year right right we had bad luck it can't happen again well it's happened two years in a row yeah and, same same things and, yeah. and and what they don't what they don't have is they don't have enough really good players to spackle over injuries 
They have no yeah. real elite players. They've got a lot of good no. players. And not a lot well, of good Josh players. Josh Gorman is, is, is turning 31. Who, who do they have? Do, do they, they get, the most elite player on that team is the punter, Dressway. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hate for you to say that because you're not necessarily wrong. So you don't think there's any chance that they, they ditch it next year and they just say, you know what, we're going to go to lose. And then, and then yeah, because because here's I, the thing. Here's the thing. I don't recommend firing Jay right now because who can you hire into the right. into the headwinds of this shitstorm of a who's your quarterback? Look at the cap hit if he can't play. Do you have control over personnel? No, not if Bruce is still here. You can't hire anybody good in, under those conditions. Right, and I and I also I agree with you that they have to lose, and if you're going to lose, you might as well have Jay do it because he's under contract anyway. And he's, he's pretty good at losing. Years. He's pretty good at losing, you know? He, yeah. he He's not very tactically nimble. He certainly does not get his team on edge and ready to play a game. And maybe no. that's maybe that's a result of the organization and the culture being as dysfunctional as it is, but he can't move the needle. And he's not good at extracting talent. He's The, the, the Colt McCoy fetish has pissed me off for a long time. And, and I went through this with you la- last podcast. I said, if they bring him back next year, I'll lose my fucking mind. And it looks like they're going to. Well, he's cheap they, they, because his contract called for more money if he played X number of snaps. And when he took the job, it looked like he was going to finish out the season and qualify for that contract. Well, now he's under contract for $2 million bucks next year. You can afford that. And if you got the Alex Smith contract hanging over you, there's not much else you can do. You can't get another veteran in here. Well, you could in theory, although the only guy that would give you a ready boost, I think, right now would be Bridgewater, who is on a one-year deal with the Saints. Will probably be okay, the most sought after he... free agent guy, but even he might not be that good. Yeah, how much has he played since the devastating knee injury? Not a lot, right? I don't know. At one point yesterday, Andy, the Redskins went three plays, three yards, punt, two plays, eight yards, interception, three plays, eight yards, punt. So that would be a total of eight plays for 19 yards, a little bit over two and a half, or a little bit under two and a half per play. In the same span, in the second quarter, the Giants went one play, 78 yards, touchdown. Thank you, Saquon. Three plays, 10 yards, touchdown on a wide-open Sterling Shepard. And six plays, 82 yards for a touchdown to Benny Fowler. Yeah. I mean, if if this were the Rams or the Saints, you could buy this. But this was the freaking Giants. And Eli, even though they had won the previous week against the Bears, he didn't play that well. He threw for like 170 yards. I mean, he he has not had a breakout game like that probably in six or seven years. And and they made him look great. And look, the only reason that Josh Johnson is playing right now is he can run for his life behind the line. They can't block anybody. They started four tackles yesterday. One of them, this guy Howard, he, was he couldn't block me. Austin Howard was so awful. Bless his heart, as they say in the South. He got yeah. fucking abused all day oh. long. And Sanchez, what a whiff. How they oh. could bring him in and say, yep, he's ready and good to play. Let's see. He's tiny, number one. He's got a mm-hmm. rec league arm at this point, number two. He has a terrible internal clock. He's inaccurate. He's not particularly fast. The only thing good he does is give a good press interview. 
That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. He, he, was, he was great at the press conference on Wednesday, and everybody fell in love with him. Now, to be fair, he had some drops early on. True. But that doesn't mean that he would have suddenly gotten ignited and going. The guy hasn't played. Same with Josh Johnson. He was playing in a charity basketball game last I week. Know. Hadn't thrown a pass since 2011. He People used Madden to learn his – Right, he used Madden to learn teammates' names. Yeah. But, but when yeah. he came in, when he came in, you just looked at him and you said, okay, we don't have a shrimp who's a flag football player at quarterback, we got a shot. He can run for his life. He can see over the line. He has a bit of an arm. It was like if you squinted, you saw Cam fucking Newton out there by no, comparison. You no, you didn't. I said if no. you squinted, Andy. No, yeah. And I'm talking well, from yeah. a comparative standpoint. I, Me as a fan, I'm like, okay, uh, Sanchez stinks. And yeah. this guy at least can run around and do something. So these feel like end days to me and we oh, have yeah. witnessed a number of end days. Let's go through the end days. The end okay. days, the end days of of Norv were bad because he got well, fired. What? Go ahead. Well, he, he, he had a 7 and 6 team. He had a team that was in contention to make the playoffs. Right. So, but he, and and there was a, a war going on over the quarterback. The owner wanted to play Jeff George and he wanted to play Brad Johnson and Norv hated uh, you know all, all that that was going on. So he got fired with a seven and six record. In comparison, those are the glory days to this. He got right? fired at seven and six when Jeff George did finally come in, and I believe at the time I sadly was in favor of that. Uh, Jeff yeah. George sucked on ice. He literally mm-hmm. just threw the ball all over the place with no regard for scheme or ball possession or anything, and his teammates fucking hated him. He got dragged on the ground by Ebenezer Acuban of the Dallas Cowboys. Not a single Redskin player came to his defense. An abomination. Yeah, well, but but earlier in the season, he had beaten the Rams in St. Louis right. on Monday night. Right. One games. game. One game. Yeah. One fucking game. And, and, yeah. And what I heard, it was a Monday night game, and Snyder got up in the locker room and he said, this was great. Take the next two nights, two days off. And Bill <laughs> said, oh, 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 we, we have uh, no, no, we got a practice on Wednesday. Actually. We got a game next week. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So so uh, so Norv got whacked after a seven yeah. and six record. He had just lost to the Giants nine to seven by sending out Eddie Murray to kick a fifty-one mm-hmm. yarder. When they took a timeout, went to the sideline. His holder said he can't make it from here. Norv turned him right back around, sent him out. The ball landed in the end zone. Got yep. fired that night. Okay, so surprise attack. Chaos ensued as it looked for a brief moment that Pepper Rogers former yep. USFL coach of the Memphis Bandits or Memphis Riverboats or the Tennessee Snakes or something I forget who did he coach for He was the uh it was the Memphis team in the USFL I yeah. don't remember the name of it And yeah. he was like 78 years old at the time He yeah, was rumored guy. to be the next head coach they decided against it at the last minute Terry Robiski gets signed instead Dion calls him Robinski and says, I feel so bad for him, and he was flat terrible. They end up the season not in the playoffs. Next right. year comes along, they get Marty, who had said, I will never work for a guy like Dan Snyder, right? Yep. Then when the money came yep. out, he's like, okay, maybe I'll make it work. <laughs> well, he said, Dan just wants to win. Now, at that time, it was good money. When you look back on it, it's, it's pretty amazing. It was $10 million over four years. It wasn't the kind yeah. of money they throw around now. Right. But, but yes, he came back for that. But it was an NFL job, and they're precious jobs. Yeah. And these coaches know you got to take them. So Marty takes it. He kicks Snyder basically out of the building for the most part, mm-hmm. football wise. 
Snyder well, hates not, it. Not necessarily Snyder. It was his partner, Fred his, Drasner. His who, cronies, who said, yes. Get out. Yeah, he said he can't even show up. Right. right. Like, fired Vinny. Uh, that hurt mm-hmm. Danny because that was his buddy boy. And right. ran the team like a dictator. Uh, they started out shitty, 0-5, then got hot, won five in a row. We're on the cover of SI. Finished the mm-hmm. year 8-8, eight and eight, had some real mojo going. And then, in a midnight surprise, like a coup d'etat, fired and gave his well, farewell oh, presser oh, on. on the steps. Farewell presser on the steps of Redskins Park in the gloaming light yeah. of early January. Go ahead, Andy. Well, th- actually, what happened was, uh, Marty said when he took the job, I have to have complete control. Everything goes through me. Snyder said yes. As the season went on, Snyder wanted more and more control. So actually, there was a week between the end of the season and when he fired him where there were negotiations going on between Snyder and Marty to see if Snyder could wrestle back more control of player personnel decisions. Really? Finally... Yeah, finally it came. It was a Sunday night. They, they would stay there like till like eight nine o'clock, and reporters were just waiting outside to see what happened. It got so crazy. Remember Rennie Knott, who was like who yeah. actually played college football, is a big guy, yeah. probably weighed about two forty. He he got run over by the pack of reporters trying to get to Snyder and uh, and, uh, and and uh, and Marty at that time. And then Marty was fired on a Sunday night. And the next day, they had the Spurrier press conference. You know, was it the very next day? Him. Yeah, or two days later. But it was yeah. right after that. Yeah. Spurrier comes in and instantly shows he is not going to be a grinder. Says no. uh, after the first preseason game, yeah, I don't know why we just can't go play. That yeah, was well, a, also yeah. Well, first, first, Bruce Smith, who got hurt in the first day of Marty's practice with the Oklahoma drill, uh, was in the audience at the press conference. And somebody asked Spurrier about how he was going to handle training camps. He says, I don't think we should fire our live bullets till regular season. As soon as he was finished, Bruce Smith goes sprinting up to the podium to announce he's coming back the next year. Once he finds out, the training camp isn't going to be hard. Spurrier spends two completely fruitless seasons realizing his college shit is not going to work on Sundays. Ends up giving one of the all-time pressers after the second year in which he says, 5-11, not too good, but then points out there were several other teams in the league worse than the Redskins, so at least we've got that going for us. Had said to you and I on the radio, I've got nothing I can say in terms of hope for the future. And yet, despite all this, he was not fired. He resigned from a golf course in a bit of a confusing what's-going-on situation about two weeks later or a couple days no. later? No, he resigned. The game was Saturday, the last game. He uh, had his press conference on Sunday, which lasted one minute, took no questions, gave that statement, which you just uh, recited. And then two days later, resigned from the golf course. But then his agent called, whoa, whoa, whoa what, are you, what are you doing? I can right. get you some money, money. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He didn't care. <laughs> he just wanted yeah. out. Okay. No, but they, they gave him a couple of million dollars, yeah. All right, so Spurrier begat Gibbs. Now, in the darkness of, oh, shit, what are we going to do now? Names like Ray Rhodes and Jim yep. Fossil. You got to get those text messages, Andy, or no? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> okay, if you do, just let me know. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Fellas, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. 
Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn 100 bucks into 600 There's so much to bet on college basketball and football, NBA, NHL, custom props, even eSports if you want, you name it. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code ZABE and get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. You play, you win, you get paid. In the <laughs> darkness of the post-Spurrier uh, you know, moment, we were sitting there going, holy shit, we're going to get the worst coach ever. And then, like a shining light with the angels singing in the skies parting, Joe Jackson Gibbs peeled off his mechanics jumpsuit and put down his <laughs> metric Allen wrenches from underneath his NASCAR vehicles and said, sure, I will come back. And we had never been happier before in our lives. And then yeah. we realize he's still not running much shotgun. It's 2004 and he's under center like 90% of the time. He Radio... ran no shotgun that first year. No. Right. Radio hosts would ask him, when are you going to run shotgun? His answer was? I'll put you in the shotgun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gibbs realized after the fourth year, the fourth year was a hell of a year. Sean Taylor was murdered, rocked yeah. the franchise. Jason Campbell right after that. Uh, got had his knee blown out on a Thursday night game. It looked all was lost. Todd Collins came in, rallied the team for a, a handful of wins at the end of the year. They made it as a wild card and actually made the playoffs and gave Seattle a bit of a fight before bowing out. It was at that point Joe Jackson Gibbs knew, this is the best chance for me to get out now because it's only going to get worse from here, and he stunned us by leaving, Correct. Well, I mean, he had a grandson who was sick with leukemia, and he said that influenced his decision. But uh, I think at that point, you know, not only had you had the Sean Taylor thing, but a lot of people felt in the following game where he had called the back-to-back timeouts against Buffalo right. that, that the job had kind of, you know, worn him out, and it was, it was kind of time to, uh, to get out. So, so I think that's why he left. So, yeah. so that led to a 33-day wait to try to interview Jim Spagnolo, oh, who was oh the God. hot coordinator at the time, remember? And we waited oh, yeah. and waited and waited. All the other teams that needed coaches got their coaches. We're waiting for this guy. We got like five minutes with him. He goes, nah, I'm not taking it. And then Dan Snyder was fucking stuck. He had already hired Jim Zorn as his offensive coordinator and says, well, maybe we should hire him. We sh- maybe we should interview him as head coach. Zorn admitted he went home and put on a fucking suit. <laughs> A suit just to interview for a head coaching job he did not deserve in an organization that had already hired him, and he got the job. And on his opening press conference said, I'm proud to be coaching the, what did he call it, the maroon? No, what he said was he said, oh, we're all excited here, and I've got my family all decked out in the in maroon, colors, maroon and black. black. And, and Snyder says from the and side, yellow. and yellow. Maroon? <laughs> And fucking black. Now, Zorn, now, Lavero, Zorn was it? Yeah, La, go ahead. Lavero has a story that he tells that he went to that press conference 
and saw uh, Zorn and his wife get out of a car as they were going into to deliver this this wonderful press conference. And he overheard Zorn's wife say on the phone, no, 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 head coach. It's head coach. (laughs) (laughs) As Zorn's tenure spiraled down down the tubes, and he had his play calling stripped from him by the bingo caller, Sherman Lewis, who was coming out of retirement to come call plays. After a particularly bad loss at FedEx Field, that was, I think, the 14-6 to loss to the Chiefs, after which he got his yeah. play calling stripped. Uh, Mike Wise, so. in one of the great stories he's written over the years, chronicled how a liquored-up Dan Snyder got on his private jet, flew right out... Oh, no, 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 no. That, that... No, no, that was that was not the Chiefs game. That was the Detroit game. It was the game where Detroit broke a losing streak of 19 games. They had gone 0 and 16 the year before. Oh, right. And, and okay. they beat the Redskins. They flew back to Redskins or the hangar where the plane was, and that's when yes, they decided to go see Mike Shanahan. They literally <laughs> went to go see Mike Shanahan in the dead of night. That night. Yeah, that, that night. night. That night to that convince, night? yeah to convince Shanahan to come out of retirement to take the job. Of course, Shanny came in with the notion that he had total control, even though Bruce Allen had been hired before him uh, mm-hmm. to give a air of credibility. Because at that point, Vinny was untenable, even looking at his stupid fucking face in the organization. He had to go at that point. Bruce comes right. in, but supposedly Shanny had total control. And the total control did not last very long because all of a sudden they go and trade for McNabb, which you know Shanahan really wasn't behind doing. And so now we've got a marketable quarterback and we're going to go with him and he fucking sucked. And then they went and traded for RG3 and Shanahan thought he could work with that, but he did take Cousins as his backup plan. The RG3 thing went horribly bad, as everyone knows about. And the end days of Shanny were miserable because he was Ugh. lying about shit. He was leaking stuff to Schefter and other guys in the national media about stuff that was going on between him and RG3 and cleaning out his office and all this other bullshit. So he had to go. That was an awful finish to his tenure. And now here the Redskins were sitting there going, well, who's going to be our coach? And so they turned yep. to this supposedly bright-minded offensive guru who could hopefully fix RG3. Because we're still in the RG3 business, who can fix him? Jay Gruden. It didn't hurt that he had Tampa Mafia connections with Bruce Allen. Am I right? Well, also, they are always looking to hire the splashy coach. Since you couldn't get John Gruden, you could get Jay Gruden. (laughs) Right. right? And, and, And one of the things that you talk about RG3 he gave an interview to somebody very early on, and he said, oh, it would be foolish to try and turn Robert into a pocket passer. That's not his game. He's not a pocket passer. And then somebody in the organization got to him because by the time he talked to Peter King, like three days later, yeah. he said, oh, yeah, yeah if you're going to play in the National Football League, you've got to be a pocket passer. And yeah. somebody said, hey, Robert ain't playing that game anymore. He ain't playing Shanny's game. So you're going to have to turn him into Aaron Rodgers. That's what he wants to be. So you do it. And it wasn't long before uh, Robert had maybe his worst game as a Redskin when they got destroyed by Tampa. And afterwards, yeah. uh, he, had the da- he had the audacity, did RG3, to mention, hey, you know, if we don't all play good, I'm not going to play good. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. And Tom Brady, he mentioned other great quarterbacks, and it's like, Peyton you, Manning. Yeah, 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 are you fucking kidding me? So quickly, <laughs> and that set Gruden off. Gruden then issued one of the harshest critiques of a starting quarterback on his own team I've ever heard in the NFL, blasted yep. RG3, 
And that began the slide downward. Then we had the uncomfortable Cousins marriage, which was a shotgun marriage, and mm-hmm. one division title, and then heartbreak, and then mediocrity. And now here we are in what has to be the end days of Jay Gruden. If not this year, it seems that. maybe next year. Yeah. You know, I, I, the, the 2013 end with Shanahan, that felt like the biggest abyss because – you had, you know, the RG3 thing obviously had gone sour. That wasn't going to work. You lost the coach who had the Super Bowl rings who could bring you some, some hope and, right. and maybe knew how to run an organization. So that's over. And this feels a lot like it. Like, okay, where are they now? And the quarterback who was supposed to be the franchise guy, he's got a leg that may never let him play football again. So where are they? I mean, it's, we're back to the abyss. You know what? This offseason – when there is word that uh, Alex Smith got up from his chair and walked to the fridge to make a sandwich, we're going to go, yeah. you know what? It's only May, and he's getting sandwiches from his fridge. I think he's going to be good to go come camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think, I, you know, I hope for the best. I hope he plays again. But the reality is, at the age of 35, with all these complications, I mean, it's been three weeks he's still in the hospital. And I don't have a good feel about this. I don't either. Elsewhere, since we're going to be walking in the wilderness as Redskin fans for a long time, elsewhere in the league, holy shit, what a Sunday, Andy. This is why the NFL is fucking bulletproof. (laughs) Oh, my God. First of all, uh, I know we're going to get to the Miami game, but Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my God. how how could how could Andy Reid maybe that was part of the plan to develop him I don't know but I have never I have never seen a guy who can run thirty yards to his right and throw across his body it's sick. with the velocity I mean he's unbelievable it is sick <laughs> and they saw it and they swam up furiously from the back of the first round to the middle of the first round. This is a, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a great lesson in how all these NFL talent guys and these scouts and these experts, they too don't know their fucking, they don't know a hole from, a hole in the ground from their ass. They're not as smart as they want us to believe. There is no way on earth Patrick Mahomes should have lasted to the middle of the first round. None. So a lot of people didn't see what Andy Reid saw. He saw that. Of course, he was running, you know, that Big 12 offense where it's, right. you know, pretty much a seven-on-seven passing drill. But he's got skills. He's like Ozzie Smith as a shortstop yeah. playing quarterback. Oh, it's I awesome mean, he, to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't – this is – I heard Wilbon on TV compare him to Fran Tarkington. Fran Tarkington could no. do some amazing things. Not the athlete. Did, yeah. Fran no, Tarkington is no. not the athlete that Patrick no. Mahomes is. No, no. I mean, he he did. He, he was an amazing scrambler, but this guy can make plays like I I've never seen any better than anything Griffin ever did in in that rookie year. I mean, yeah. it's it's remarkable. And as a winning personality to boot, he's a very likable yeah. guy. He's not a self absorbed douchebag with all in for week one and Gatorade specials yeah. about his fucking rehab from knee injury. All right, so the Cowboy Eagle game. You noted, oh. Dan Steinberg noted it drew a 19.4 rating in the D.C. market. And the Redskins game. 19.8. A 19.8, and the Redskins game only drew a 14 and change in the D.C. market. Yeah. I, said to you on, I, I said to you on the text message, it's not as bad as I would have thought. 
You're talking well, a forty not, nothing but, but, blowout of a one o'clock game. Why wouldn't a scintillating game involving America's team not do at least double? I, I suppose, but it, it's a Redskin game. It's it's a Redskin game. Those those games are like gold to, to Fox. They should and, be, and, and and in the playoff hunt, heavy air quotes on that. But you're yeah. right. In theory, that should have drawn better. But they were down forty to nothing. I'm surprised the game didn't draw a two point six rating. Well, I mean the uh, the game last year in San Diego, or not San Diego, but Los Angeles against the Chargers. That was the the all time low. This this was lower. This that was like a fifteen, I think. Really? So yeah. Yeah. Wow. Taking oh, orders tonight, Andy. <laughs> is no, that your home phone or is that your cell phone? Oh, your cell phone. I'm talking on your on your home phone right now. Okay, yeah, so right. so uh, the Cowboys are going to win the division. It looks like the Amari Cooper mm-hmm. trade worked out. Our trade for Clint, ha, ha, Clinton Dix is a complete disaster. This guy sucks. Can't tackle. Won't tackle. <laughs> Can't run. Can't yeah. take angles either. Like, what good is he? I guess yeah. he deflects I mean, a pass every now and then. So, but th- I mean, does th- this is another one? This is another one where you go. Okay, the Packers at that point are in the hunt. This guy is regarded by some of these metrics as the second best or the best safety in the league. Why are they trading him? I know his contract is up, but something stinks here. Why why were they looking to unload him? This is why pro football focus, for as hard as they may try, and as many people as they may employ to look at film and think they know what they're looking at, they don't fucking know anything. Because Dix and Swearinger rated... In the top three safeties in the league, Swearinger sucks now too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm not yelling. Uh, the Miami-New England game, have you ever seen Belichick outsmart himself the way he did in that end-of-game situation? I've never seen it. Mm, no, no, that, that, that was crazy. That, that made absolutely no sense. And, uh, I, I, again, you know, you think a guy's going to throw a pass at the end in that situation. But – Tannehill can't throw it 70 yards. Weren't they at their own 30? No. Mahomes can barely throw it 70 yards. Yeah. So so he was there to knock it down. I no. It, knock it, what it, down? It, yeah. You're, you're not going to get it in the end zone. It's, it's going to come up short if you throw a Hail Mary, which they didn't do. But you, you need somebody fast to make sure he doesn't get in the end zone. But that's the beauty of this game and this league. These games are always close, and they – can end in a unlimited number of ways. You know? Oh, yeah. Other sport, like you think about basketball and baseball, Andy, when a game ends in thrilling fashion, it always ends with a made shot or with a home run or, or a hit or something like that. The NFL, it's it's like no, there's like snowflakes. They, they all end a little bit differently. There's a Hail Mary or there's a scramble play or there's a penalty and then there's a field goal or a field goal kicker slips like Boswell yeah. did for the – for the the Steelers, you know, that's what makes the game so irresistible. And then you combine that with the easy ability of fans to second-guess coaches and players. And it right. is the perfect recipe for the most popular sport in America. And and that's what also makes this Redskins loss so incredible. Look at all the other scores from yesterday, the only other game that you could consider, or two other games you consider lopsided, the Lions and the Cardinals, maybe you say what the Bears did to the Rams was a lopsided game, and uh, the Packers over the Falcons. Other than that, they were all two touchdown games or less. You know? All right, wrapping it up, what will it take for Jay Gruden to get fired this 
offseason. Three more losses? Well, I think it's got to be more than three losses. It's got to be three more like well, that. They only, play, be... they only play three more games, so it can't, can't be any more than three losses. Right, but it's got to be it's got to look oh, a lot like stylistically. Yesterday. Okay. So, yeah. Will one more humiliation with two decent games keep them? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I, I mean wow. maybe they're maybe, maybe he's tied to Bruce Allen and I I don't think Bruce Allen's getting fired. Oh, I know he's not getting fired. He, the yeah. o- our only hope is if the Raiders take him and it I'm not sure the Raiders are going to take him. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I I don't see it. I just don't. I mean, he, uh, you know, maybe maybe he's got some sway with Mark Davis. Wasn't he an Al guy? Well, Al fired him. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he was an Al guy or not. But he did work with Gruden in Oakland the first go round, and then went to Tampa with him. But he would just be a plain GM for what is the poorest team in the league. Although their value will bump up when they go to Vegas. And so it would be a demotion from a $7 million a year team president, which he is now, and a beloved scion of the great George Allen to just some GM schmunk in Las yeah. Vegas. And he's really not a general manager either. He doesn't no, have he's more the. He's a cap guy. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. He's a cap guy and he's a biz guy. He's not really a football guy. Right. Well, the, the, uh, the other thing you hear, and who knows whether it's true or not, but that he and Gruden don't like each other right now. Oh, that, really? Uh, yeah, that there maybe there's some bad blood there, so maybe Jay is telling John, yeah, you don't want this guy. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's it, – it, when, when this stuff happens, when these, when these losses mount like this, every, everything's in play. All right, Andy. We solved nothing today on the Zabecast, but it felt good just to hear your thoughts as always. We'll reconvene next week, my brother. Thank you. All right, buddy. All right, man. See ya. All right, let me end on this. I did promise a couple of emails, so let me finish with two quick ones. Mr. X chimes in to say, Zabe, did you see what Matt Nagy did with the Bears the other night? Fourth and ten, up two scores, eight minutes to play. You punt, right? Of course, but that's just a B answer. I'll give you the A-plus answer, which is exactly what Nagy did. In punt formation, you wind the clock 43 seconds and then false start. When you get assessed the five-yard penalty, guess what? The clock starts again. You wind it another 24, and then you punt. I swear some don't know this rule in football. If you false start during a running clock, the clock starts again after spotting the ball. The exception is... If the referee deems it intentional, but they won't. Yeah, I know it's pretty small stuff, but when you get paid $6 million to be a head coach, these things count. The Bears just did this, and I rewatched it. I swear it was intentional, but they acted like it was not. Little things matter. I'll hang up now. Sincerely, Mr. X. Interesting. I did not know that either. And then my man, Dr. Todd Fergus, chimes in. I asked the question on my show locally in D.C. on Monday. What is the real difference between a surgery and a procedure? Because I hear this all the time. Well, it it wasn't a surgery. It was a procedure. Here you go, says Dr. Todd. Surgery involves a cut with a knife. Arthroscopic surgery is still surgery, though, because the surgeon has to make a 10 to 12 millimeter incision to get the scope in. A procedure can be very invasive, such as coronary stents or 
a transcatheter valve replacement, but since they are done through small puncture holes, they're considered procedures. Puncture, procedure. Surgery, scalpel. Ooh, there you go. Other examples of invasive procedures would be lumbar punctures and some biopsies. Just so you know, you're welcome. Sincerely, Dr. Todd. And now I do know. So there you go. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Fellas, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn 100 bucks into 600 There's so much to bet on college basketball and football, NBA, NHL, custom props, even eSports if you want, you name it. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to my bookie right now and use promo code ZABE. And get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, like, all that good stuff. ZABEcast app, get it. It's great and it's free. ZABE.com slash premium for the Football Five Ways Friday, where we are throwing winners out like crazy. Podcasts are the future. It's like Netflix for your ears, and I appreciate listening, whether it's on time or at your leisure. Now, if you don't mind, my Christmas lights are still not on the house, but my wife and I have bought a tree. It's not up yet either, but we're making progress. And we will see you next time.